you would take your Bibles this morning or open up your app to uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. If you open up your app, you'll probably open up to the uh, NIV, but I've decided I'm going to read this out of the New King James this morning. And if I can get Michael to change that for me. But, uh, you know, I mentioned that earlier in the service about uh, Nike or the word Nikkei. It's a very simple word. But to the Greek folks, it carried a big meaning, victory. When they would have the Greek games and someone would uh, win the game, especially in the races, they would come across the finish line and they would say, Nikkei, Nikkei, victory, victory. And so it was a small word, only four letters, but to them it carried a large or a magnificent meaning, especially in those Greek games. And it's amazing sometimes how the simple things can turn out with the most magnificent results or great results, even victorious results in our life. And this morning I'm beginning a series about none greater. And I want to look this morning about there is no greater method than simplicity. Sometimes we make things much more complicated, especially in our minds, than they really are. And I found out that it's the simple things that can carry the most impact. How many of you have seen the movie Woodlawn with you raise your hand? Uh, it looks like about a third of the church. And for the other two-thirds that haven't seen it, and for those that have seen it, need a reminder, Woodlawn is the name of a uh, high school in Alabama. And the movie Woodlawn is a true story about this Woodlawn football team. And Woodlawn football team was at a point in 1973 where there had been schools segregated but they were bringing schools together and so at Woodlawn there was a lot of tension as the two races came together in one school and in the midst of that there was a man named Tandy Geralds that was the head football coach for Woodlawn and there was especially a lot of tension within his football team because as the two races came together one of the opposite race of what the people of Woodlawn had been used to was a star football player or had excellent athletic ability. And so as the coach was trying to bring all of his team together and he was all stressed up of how can I get this team together in unity, while he's all stressed out and trying to figure out what to do, there's a man named Hank Irwin who was part or had been affected by the Jesus movement out west. In the late 60s, early 70s, he had kind of began to kind of be a chaplain for uh, athletics and so forth. And so he went to Woodlawn, led by the Lord, and he went to the head football coach, Tandy, and said, would you give me just a few minutes to talk to your ball team? And at first the coach said, no, no, I don't, I, you know, I don't need a chaplain, whatever, and he wasn't going to let him. And he said, just give me five minutes. And so he says, oh, okay, okay, I'm... I, I don't have time for this right now. So he said, they're in the gym. You can go talk to them. So he goes to the gym, ends up being there for much longer than five minutes, about an hour. And he tells them a little simplicity or simplistic message about Jesus. And to make a long story short, it ends up of that football team at that very moment, all but three of them accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. All because this man, Hank Irwin, just does what God tells him to do and just goes to school and says, would you give me five minutes? Ended up at that football team 
begins what becomes a revival movement in the school of Woodline that also results in the team becoming an all-star team and their rival team the, at Banks ends up who has harassed them. Now they get caught up in this Jesus movement and they begin to accept Christ as their Savior. The coach at Banks team who has been harassing them, now he's accepted Christ. Now the two teams are in a revival movement that begins to move throughout all the town. All because simply one man named Hank Irwin, who was just considered himself a Christian evangelical, felt like God said, go talk to that team. And he went with the plans to share just five minutes, which resulted in all but three accepting Christ, and a revival movement, an all-star team, and a town being transformed by Christ. Now, those type of results don't always occur, but what can God do through an individual in Dalton, Georgia, just simply going when God says to go and doing what God says to do. As I thought about that, I thought about our minister of evangelism, Marty Cooper, and I'm gonna ask Marty to come share about time in his life where God just spoke to him and did a simple thing. Yeah, it's been several years back. I, <clears throat> I worked at Queen Carpet here in Dalton, and uh, one night I was at home studying and doing some prayer time, and as I was going through the scriptures, and the Spirit of God just came into my heart and gave me a scripture uh, Acts 4.12 and as the Lord gave me that scripture he said I want you to go into this particular cooster office when you go back to work and I want you to share it with them so and the Lord just kept pressing upon my heart and pressing upon my heart and of course I go back to work and as I go in before I get there to share it my tongue was like this thick and my heart was racing and I didn't know if I could breathe to even get through it but the Lord just kept pressing in my heart. I said, Lord, I got to do what you want me to do. And I walk into the office and the men there, I took my Bible with me and they were four men standing and one sitting at a desk <clears throat> reading. I don't know if he was reading a book or what, but he never picked his head up from reading. It's like he never realized. I thought he never realized I was there. He never acknowledged. But the four men I said, I come to tell you today about the Lord and how he's changed my life. You know, Christ has saved me. Well, all four men begin, no, 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 no. You've got it wrong. And he's, the book you have is not correct. But we have books that tells you other ways that you can go to God. And one of them professed to be, a, used to be a deacon at a Baptist church in Florida. And as these men began to, to, come toward me and talk with me and trying to convince me that there was another way. The scripture that the Lord gave me was just simply share this. And I told him, I said, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's all the Lord gave me scripture. He wanted me to share it. But see, I didn't know that these men had been teaching in that office that there's many ways to God. All I knew was that God wanted me to go share this part of a verse. So as I shared it, the men uh, wanted me to leave. I bid them farewell and I walked out. So a couple of weeks later, I come into the plant. As I'm going to the time clock, the gentleman that was sitting at the desk, the fifth guy that never raised his head 
and never acknowledged I was in there. Comes running up to me at the time clock, grabs my hand, picks it up and starts shaking. He says, thank you, brother. He's laughing and smiling, tears coming down his face. And I said, what is it? He said, I just want you to know the other night that when you came into the office and you shared that scripture, the Spirit of God began to work in my heart. He said, so I went back to Mount Rachel this past weekend and I rededicated my life back to the Lord. And so you never know just the simplest little things. It could be a partial verse and God can use it to transform and change lives. So it's the simple things. You don't have to turn it off. Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. Simple things in life that can turn out with magnificent results. And I want to look at the scripture today in Acts chapter 8. As I said, I'm going to read this out of the New King James. But in Acts chapter 8, and verses 26 through 39, tell us about a man named Philip. And Philip was one of what would be considered one of the early deacons in the early church after Christ had been crucified and resurrected and ascended to heaven. And Philip was one who began to be used by God. And he was actually part of what was a really revival movement that was going on. But then God said, I want you to go out to the desert. And he goes out and encounters this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, what is unique through history is that as we'll read the scriptures, we'll see that the Ethiopian eunuch accepts Christ as his Savior. But if you go back, matter of fact, those of you who like to use Wikipedia on, on the, the internet, if you go to Wikipedia and you look up Ethiopia, you'll see that one of the first statements is this, that Ethiopia is considered by many to be one of the first countries in the first century, which would be right after Christ had been crucified, resurrected, and sent to heaven, during the first century to embrace Christianity. I thought, well, that's not really surprising considering the story of the Ethiopian eunuch we're going to look at. And also, if you continue to read through the Wikipedia, it'll tell you that, that Ethiopia is considered to be a 60% Christian country. Now, they say a lot of different things of different things that have occurred in Ethiopia all by God's hand. But isn't that amazing that, that it's documented and statistics show that the first country to embrace Christianity was Ethiopia during the Christian movement by a man named Philip. And that today, Ethiopia is considered to be 60% Christian just by one simple man being used by God. Let's look at this scripture this morning, Acts chapter 8, and verses 26 through 39. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, that is desert. Now, if you as Philip, you're thinking, Man, I'm in a revival movement, and you want me to go to the desert? But it goes on to say in verse 27, So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. 
So Philip ran to him and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth and in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning at this scripture, preach Jesus to him. And now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. And now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, we can read that and say, I think I'm a little bit hot, Chris. We can read that and say, okay, one man, it does say that he was in authority and he was under Queen Candace, but one man except Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. That's great. But what's so great about just one person? Remember, we're looking this morning about no greater method than simplicity as we look at the theme of none greater. We see, sometimes simple things happen and we don't realize what magnitude God can bring from it. Many times in life, it's the simple steps that make the most magnificent results. And what is God trying to teach us here? It's amazing when we simply serve the Lord when He says to serve. When we simply go when He says go. When we simply listen when He says listen. And when we simply speak when He says speak. There's a reason the Lord put Marty on my heart because Marty is good at no matter what the setting is, whether it's in a business setting, in an office, or one of the ones that Marty has told me where he's related somebody to Christ has always amazed me at Burger King. Joyce and I and the grandkids ate at Burger King at, uh, at lunch on Friday, and I remember about Marty talking about he was going in there to Burger King and ordering them a burger, and the next thing you know, he's hearing the voice of God and he's leading the clerk there to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior while everybody else is standing in line behind him. Simple things. Now, we don't know what happened to that clerk that accepted Christ. We don't know many times what happens to people who come to know Christ. But God does, and God is able to magnify the results. Amazing things when we just simply do what God asks us to do, just like Hank Irwin. The man that I told you this just kind of considered himself a chaplain for football teams or athletics, and yet he went to this school by God's nudging. He spoke to that ball team, which brought about a revival movement. Simple things. What does God really want us to do? I think God just wants us to go when he says go. You see, if you look at the scripture in that verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go towards the south along the wrong road 
which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Not an exciting mission and not sounding like, you know, if you were like Philip and you were in a revival movement and God says, okay, I got somewhere I want you to go. You're probably thinking, ha, ha, ha. we're going to see some even greater movement of revival. God's going to use me in an even greater way. But God says, I want you to go to the desert and encounter one person. But you know what Philip did? He simply went when God said to go. Go. G-O. Just two letters. Simple word. But you know what? It's the beginning of the gospel, isn't it? Go. Some people have kind of taken the word gospel. Go spell. Go spell it out to them what God has done in your life and what God can do in their life. So what does God simply want to do? What is the simple method of leading people to Christ and seeing God do something? It's just simply go when God says go. But you know what? We're, we're pretty big about procrastinating, aren't we? Now, over the years, I've had many people that I've said, uh, would you be interested in doing this or serving in this way? Well, I'll pray about it. And I'd say probably over three-fourths of the time when somebody says, I'll pray about it, they never get back with me unless I get back with them. We procrastinate. That praying means, <laughs> whoa, time out, preacher. Maybe you'll forget about this. I'll pray about it, and maybe you'll never come ask me again. Maybe if I don't respond, <laughs> you'll just kind of forget it. We procrastinate. We put off. What if when God said to Philip, I want you to go down to the desert, and what if Philip said, well, you know, people are being saved, and God, you're moving here, your spirit is moving. I'm going to hang around for another day or two. Then he would have missed the Ethiopian eunuch on the way back home. And then we can only imagine what the statistics of Ethiopia would be today. Maybe it wouldn't be 60%. Maybe they would not be the first country to embrace Christianity. Because what if just one simple man just simply didn't go when God said go? What if we don't go when God says for us to go? You see, God just wants us to be just simple and just simply go when He says go. But God also wants us to just simply listen when He says to listen. I want you to look at verse 29. It says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. And so Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading the Scriptures. You know what the Lord was saying? The Spirit of the Lord touched Philip, and he said, I want you to go get close to the chariot. What was he wanting him to do? He, he was getting Philip to just get close and just hear what God was doing. You see, when Philip got near the chariot, and he began to listen... He could hear that there was the Ethiopian reading aloud the scriptures. Because if we look at this, we know he must have been reading it aloud because he said, do you understand what you're reading? He was listening. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And there opened the door. You know, if I've learned that it's really simple to get opportunities to speak to people about Christ and tell people what God's done in your life or to get an opportunity to tell somebody about what God can do in their life or a need that God might can meet if we just listen. I learned that years and years ago. Matter of fact, God taught me that first when I was out visiting, going to some different doors and inviting some folks to vacation Bible school, I think it was. And I was at this particular house and the Lord just said, 
for me to say something to them. And I said something, and the next thing I knew, they're starting to tell me about problems they're having. And it's just like a bell went off. Here's the opportunity to tell them about me. Just because I listen. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter whether it's at school or whether it's at work or whether it's in some sports activities. People are all the time talking about what's going on in their life. Matter of fact, if you want to take, listen to this, listen real good, this is good, okay? If you're listening, say amen. amen. And then I'm going to ask you if this is good, I want you to say amen again. But here's what it is. If you're a little bit nervous about just being with somebody and sitting next to them and listening and speaking, here's what you can do. Get on the internet, get on Facebook, and man, people talk like crazy on there. Matter of fact, I look at some things people say and I'm thinking, do you think nobody's reading this? Matter of fact, I've seen some people that they wouldn't even have the nerve and they do not have the nerve to say out in public what they say on the internet. And so they'll just start talking. So if you want, if you want to just get a little ease into it, just do a little watching on Facebook and listen to what they're saying and then, whoa, God, here's a good opportunity. And just start typing. That'll break you into it. There's a gentleman that I was visiting recently in the hospital. He's a Christian. He's been going through some challenges in his life physically. And uh, I was talking to him and, and he asked me about uh, a friend of mine that uh, used to go to church here years ago. And he was asking me, he said, uh, do they still go to church there? And I said, no. And he said, well, do you know where they're going to church? I said, I'm not sure if he's going to church anywhere. And he said, there's an opportunity. I mean, it was just like his eyes lit up and the words out of his mouth, there's an opportunity. Now, most people's response would be, oh, I hate to hear that. But for him, it was like, boom. He listened to what I said and he saw the opportunity. That's the same way that God wants us to do. Just listen to what people are saying. Read what they're saying. And then share with them. You see, God not only wants us to go when He says to go, and He not only wants us to listen when He says for us to listen, but He wants us to simply speak when He says speak. You see, the Bible tells us that as Philip ran close and he heard him reading Isaiah, and he asked him, Do you hear or do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31 it says, and he said, How can I let someone guide me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture, and it goes on to tell us what was there. And the Bible tells us in verse 35, here it is. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. When I read that verse there, I always think about Marty going, Amen, preach it, brother. Now as they went down to the road, they came to some water. And then the eunuch said, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All he did was just speak when God said speak. And you know what's amazing is, a lot of times, remember, we, I said that we make things a lot harder than it really has to be. That's the reason that probably, it's a very high percentage of people that, that I encounter that will tell me, you know, I, I don't really share a lot with Jesus. I just try to live my life before him and let him see Jesus. That's great. You should. But what if nobody ever opened their mouth? What if Philip just came up by the chariot and wore a Christian t-shirt? Just walked along beside him. He had to speak. He had to say words. 
And you know, there's just something about it that when you speak, people feel your heart and your spirit. Man, I, I got some cool t-shirts. I wore a, uh, a, an athletic shirt that uh, Christy and Seth and the girls got me. And I wore it to Caden uh, uh, Clark's. It was on Friday, so it was my day off, and so I was dressed a little more casual than I normally am. But I, so I wore it to the hospital for him to have his tubes put in. And uh, I encountered a couple of things. It was kind of funny. One was this one lady, it's a nurse, she saw me, she said, I like your T-shirt. I said, thanks. But then I, I was wearing that T-shirt, and I went to the counter now at, at uh, Erlanger and T.C. Thompson. They have, you have to pay to check out from parking. But that for ministers, they will validate your ticket so you don't have to pay for parking because we're there all the time visiting folks. And so they don't charge us for parking if you get it validated. So this one lady that I have checked out with her before, she's validated my ticket. She's the one that let me in this morning. But when I was talking to her, she's kind of short and the counter's kind of tall, so she couldn't see all my T-shirt. Not my T-shirt, but my athletic shirt that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I, I go up to the counter and I tell her, I said, I'm a minister of the been visiting Caden Clark and I'm fixing to leave. Could you validate my ticket? You know what she said? Do you have a card to prove that you're clergy? You know, my first thought was, I'm not dressed like a preacher today. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. So I pulled out my wallet and I gave her the card and it says Brett Yeager clergy Hamilton Medical Center and so forth she said okay she validates it and I said didn't have my preacher clothes on today did I she said that's all right you don't have to wear a coat tie all the time <laughs> but I thought when I stepped back from the counter she probably read I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but you know you can wear the coolest t-shirts but when someone just hears your voice and they catch your heart and your spirit you see, even that lady, when she was saying, do you have a card to prove that you're a clergy? She had these stern eyes. She's like, you heard somebody do that before, and you're trying to get out free. That's what I'm thinking. She's thinking her mind. But then I said, really not dressed like a preacher today. That's okay. It's okay. You don't have to wear a coat tie all the time. The simple words from our simple voice have the most impact. Yes, is it important to live our life as Christians before people? Yes, and I applaud it, and I encourage it, and God's Word commands it. But it will never replace the fact that we got to speak when God simply says, speak. So when it all comes down to it, here's the question. Actually, here's a statement. God simply wants us to do something. You know, I told you about Nike, Nikkei. little short four-letter word, but it means victorious. And you know what Nike's thing is? Just do it. And they have captured that Nike saying. Most people don't even know what Nike means or anything, but people have caught that saying. Even one of our former first ladies used that slogan in one of her promotionals. Just do it. What does God want us to do? Just do it. God simply wants us to do something, and He will take care of the magnificent results. The question is... Will you simply start doing something and see what God can do through you? Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy and your love. And Lord, in our minds, matter of fact, in our life in the Word this morning, one person was talking about how that a group of them was on a trip. 
they were at Martyr and Jim said, have you got any spare change? And their first thought was, well, I'll just, do I have any money? But another person began to tell them about Jesus. They saw the opportunity and just simply spoke. Lord, I pray, God, that you would challenge us to know that we don't have to. And sometimes we worry about what people will say and how they will react. And we conjure up much worse things in our mind than what are even are going to occur. And Lord, we can think, well, I'm not really re well trained in, in, in leading somebody to come to know Christ. All we got to simply do is just tell what, what God you've done in our life. There's no greater method for telling somebody about Jesus than the simplicity of just telling them what you've done in our life or what God could do in their situation. So Lord, I know God, you command us. It's in the scriptures. We encourage it. We applaud it for living a Christian life before others. Matter of fact, it's a hypocrisy to say one thing and live another. But the example of our life never replaces the words of our voice. The spirit of our heart when we tell somebody about what God has done in our life and what God can do in their life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be challenged in this new year to know there's no greater method of telling someone about Jesus than simplicity. Just tell them what you've done in our life. Just tell them what God can do if someone's struggling financially my God can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory if you just trust him someone who's struggling to be able to pass a test or to be able to handle a situation I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me someone who's got some physical ailments just tell them that my God is the great physician he's the healer he can heal you. Lord, I pray, God, that we would just see the simplicity. Sometimes it may be one statement that touches somebody's life. Lord, Philip just simply went when you said go. He simply listened when you said listen. And he simply spoke when you said to speak. And then, Lord, you brought what we see by history magnificent results. Philip only knew that the Ethiopian went on his way and you transported Philip to another town. See another part of revival. Philip didn't know what all was going to happen, but Lord, we look back and we see what magnificent results have come from that. And what other things you've done over the years that have amplified it. But Lord, I believe that seed was planted that began the growth. Lord, help us to see there's no greater method in simplicity. And Lord, I just give you the honor and glory and praise for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. In your holy name we pray. Amen.